Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. Oh, yeah, there we are. Here we there go. There uh, <laughs> Hey. Hell, yeah. yeah. What's up, man? Welcome to the podcast, brother. Welcome. I'm saying, yeah. uh, very stoked and excited, man. Very stoked yeah. and excited. By, uh, my first I podcast. Yeah. This your first podcast? Yeah, this is my first podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I'm pretty – yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, let me let me go over a couple of things that, that may happen. So when we first start a call, this happens quite often. Uh, you know, it depends on uh, – people's service, you know, cell service or internet or whatever, or it's discord. Um, it, it happens almost all of the uh, podcasts I do. There'll be, yeah. uh, there'll be some lag. Uh, so if it, if it, uh, starts doing that where you can't hear me or whatever, and I'm talking, if yeah. it goes like that for like five seconds or something, just tap your head. Like I can't hear it. You know, tap your ear. Like I can't hear you. Uh, like I can't hear you. All right. Yeah. Uh, now, Good. Sometimes that doesn't work because the the video locks up as well. Sometimes, so yeah. uh, if that happens, we just sit here and wait, and um, it's not a big deal. Uh, it's happened a bunch of times, and I'll edit those out. All right, <laughs> you know, so that the uh, at least the conversation sounds pretty smooth on you know when yeah. someone's listening to it. <laughs> yeah, so. I, understand, I understand that we're in like way separate fucking countries, so it's understandable. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, the one I did last week with um, Chris, who's in the Netherlands, he yeah. uh, it was probably the worst one or one of the worst ones we've had. Where about every five minutes, it would yeah. cut out for about a full minute, our video Ooh. and audio. So we would just sit there after like the second time. We we're like, okay, let's just wait. So we wait yeah. and wait and wait, <laughs> and it finally caught up. And then we just continue talking. All right. But, um, yeah. So that's a that's a common thing. So no big deal. Uh, if it goes on, you know, if it lasts more than a couple minutes, we'll just uh, we'll stop it and then restart the call. All right. And uh, pick up where we left off. All right. No, it's good, man. Sounds good. Yeah. So it's pretty relaxed. We're just uh, we'll you know we'll just adapt and make it work. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Hell yeah. So All man, right. I am, I was uh, excited to talk to you because. Um, I was looking through your Instagram and yeah. you have a, you do a lot of training videos on there, like short training yeah, videos. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like doing it, man. It's You're like pretty fucking good. good. Yeah. Cause I almost do it every single day now. So good. yeah, <laughs> you are, you're really good with, uh, with transitioning. You know, um, I, I saw the ones I was watching yesterday and then this morning you have, uh, where you'll transition from your rifle to your pistol. Yeah, and and, and I, reloads okay. in between. Yeah, yeah, and, and I was like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, man, that is cool. So what? How you you've been playing airsoft for a while? Yeah, for six years now, almost okay. seven now. How did that begin? How did that begin? Well, the thing is, I always wanted to join the army, the military, but yeah. I have. Like mental issue, mental problems. I'm mm. uh, autistic core point in my brain, so they wanna didn't want to let me into the army. So yeah, I had to search for something that was close enough, you know, 
to get that thing going because my dad was in the army, my uncle was in the army. You know, it's it's kind of like a family thing. I yeah. grew up around guns, so for me, yeah, shooting guns and then going with my dad to the shooting range and shooting stuff, you know, it was always fun. And then I saw YouTube and I saw like these dudes shooting with fucking guns that almost looked like realistic as a real gun. I saw these dudes shooting at each other on an airsoft field and I was like, dude, this is awesome. I can officially now shoot people without going to jail. So yeah, <laughs> fuck awesome, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's awesome. So I straight up went towards my dad. I was like, yo, I want an airsoft gun. I want to shoot with it, you know? And then. I bought one with my dad and started shooting it at home, you know, and then a little later back in time, like the first year going past with airsoft guns, I got my plate carrier and my helmet, you know, all my first gear setups. And then I know in a field that was in my country, now it's moved, but first it was in the state, like where I lived in. And it was just small. It wasn't too big. It was just small, but it was really fun. And that was the first time when I really went to go airsoft against other people, dude, I had a blast. And then the first time I just had so much fun, I just immediately, like, I got sold towards it, you know? I was like, this is the stuff I need to do, you know? Awesome. And it, it, something's good for me, you know? Because, like, I think every person in this world needs to find something that they really do where they can, like, release their stress. And Absolutely. for me, airsoft, you know, shooting at home or playing with some friends, it's for me stressful relieving. So that's kind yeah. of what into the airsoft, yeah. And this just is the mine. Gun. Cheers to yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, like, oh, airsoft, yeah. It's been a hell of a fun for me, man. Like, I, just, I still want to keep on doing it. I want to expand it. Like, I kind of want to do my own thing. Like, maybe in the future, if I can make enough money from my own things, like uh, start my own field, because I really want to have my own field and give a lot of different events and that kind of stuff. So I'm really focused towards the future of Airsoft and just seeing how much it's just expanding over the couple of years. It's just amazed me. Like, so many people are joining in now, and it's crazy, man. I, I love it, in a way. Yeah, that is uh, that's really cool. Now, do you live in... Uh you're in Belgium, right? Yeah, Belgium, Europe. Yeah, that's next to the yeah. country of the Netherlands. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, because I was looking up. Uh, I was looking up the map to see yeah. where uh, you know the, the really time small, zone was. Really small. Belgium is really small. Yeah, I had to zoom in. I'm like, where the fuck is this? I I don't know geography, so I'm like, yeah, you know, searching around on it, and uh, and then I saw it was in the same line or you know time zone as uh, the Netherlands. Oh. I was like, oh, okay, like six-hour difference, so, uh, you know, no big deal. But um, are you guys able to own guns, like real guns? Or is it we are like the U- own okay. real guns here in Belgium, but the big issue here is you got to do a lot of paperwork and you got to pay a lot of money for it. Like here in Belgium, you can pretty much own everything, but you have to pay for it, you know, so to say, extra, you know? Gotcha. And just as, like if you're turning 18 and – from 18 years old, you can just buy an airsoft gun in the airsoft shop without any paperwork or nothing. You can just buy it freely, you know? And for me, I do want to shoot real guns, but, like, the amount of paperwork I have to do just to get a rifle or a pistol on my position, you know, in my position is, like, nah, it's it's not worth it. And that's why I kind of stepped over to airsoft, because I can pretty much throw all the Gucci shit that I can 
control on real guns, I control it on airsoft guns and make it look as real as possible, you know? So, yeah, just, for me, it's just not worth it in this country. If I would ever, like, move towards the States, what well, my big dream is, because I really want to move towards Texas or that kind of stuff, because I just nice. love – I'm, like, a big gun fan, you know? Like, yeah. I love the fucking shit in Texas. Like, it's it's crazy how much gun and how simply you can own a gun there. It's just fascinating for me. It's, like, insane. Hell, yeah. So, Yeah. It's and like that here where I live as well, South Carolina. It's uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. South Carolina, Texas, uh what's the other state that's called? Uh Florida. Uh, yeah, Florida, yeah. They yeah. those kind of countries. Yeah, it's amazing how you, how easy you can buy guns, you know. It's it's just impressive. Like it's it fascinates <laughs> me. It's like wow. So yeah, simple. most so of our uh, most of the states in uh in America are pretty open with with uh guns yeah. there's only a yeah. handful like a uh, few of them that are really strict yeah know, uh, but like yeah, california if, if and stuff like full automatic rifle or something like that then it goes with yeah. strictly paperwork and stuff yeah i know about that because like mm-hmm. i like to watch a lot of videos of uh t-rex arms and Millspec mojo yes right those are kind of my the guys i look up to you know because they give a lot of good instructions on training and shooting with guns and gear and that kind of stuff so that's what i kind of so i take the basics of what they do and i turn it in for me what works for me to, uh for airsoft so a couple of things is like uh in 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 the real world in the gun world you're not going to be as much as aggressive playing or shooting as in the airsoft world because airsoft world, it's all about aggressive shooting, aggressive gameplay, you know. Right. So you got to be more in that aggressive version of playing than while being in the real gun world. You're, you're in a gun world. You're going to be like more, uh, more like defensive, you know. You're going to be more protective of yourself because you're shooting with real bullets and you can die literally by one shot. So you're going to be right. more protective, you know. And with yeah, airsoft, it's, it's way slower. But, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> just going for it, you know. Rush the enemy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. The, well, the difference, too, is like uh, video games, you know, like playing Call of Duty or Halo or playing, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of this game called Arma, Arma 3. Yeah, Quad. Arma 2. Yeah. It's like or a like realistic. Tarkov, yeah. Right, or Tarkov, yeah. exactly. So it's you, uh, yeah, especially like Arma, you have, uh, it's a huge map. You know, and you have to, it's like, you know, pretty much everything is like a simulation, like a real military yeah. simulation. So if you're on foot, you got to, you, there's no fast travel in the game. Like everything oh, is real. No. You got to run 20 minutes to get to wherever, uh, yeah. you know, or, or catch a Humvee or something. But if you yeah. get shot, you know, you get wounded and then, you know, starting yeah, over is, yeah. yeah. So Tarkov, same way, you know, and I think uh, there's there's a lot of attraction for those games right now because I think a lot, you know, some people are getting kind of burned out on those uh, short, you know, maps and fast play yeah. of like Call of Duty and stuff. Yeah. There's still a lot of Call of Duty players and Halo players, but, you know, I think a lot of people are. Always will be. Always will be. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's the difference between uh, like paintball or uh, airsoft and then real life, you know, you can rush the enemy and, and paintball and, and, uh, airsoft, but in real life, man, it's uh it's very slow moving. <laughs> yeah, true. That's, that's what I'm trying to explain. Mm-hmm. Huh? And, yeah. and, and that's true. Cause like in real life, you're not going to go Rambo towards an enemy and start no. shooting, you know, right. But pretty much for you at that sentence still, so to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. yeah so you and, had a, you had a family of military and then um, you got into airsoft yeah. because you grew up around guns yeah. and, and that kind of yeah. thing. So that's pretty cool. Were you going to yeah. ask something? Yeah. Uh, the thing I wanted to ask is actually in the States, uh, is it freely to like, uh, like what is the, the mental state you have to join into the army? Like what mental state do you have to be in? We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Uh... I'm not sure. Um, when I I went in the Marines back in uh, 1989. And, oh, really? Yeah. So uh, I was in the Marine Corps for four years, uh, from 89 to 93. And uh, I I if I look back on it, I, I probably wasn't in the best mental state. Um, but they gave us tests, so you do have to take like a psychology or whatever psych, yeah. psych test or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they were as strict back then because uh, me and some other crazy dudes got in. So <laughs> I don't, uh, but as far as like the restrictions, I don't, I'm not really sure how they, how they gauge that. Um, right. I think, uh, you know, the big thing is probably like, if you don't have, or if you have like a previous, um, uh, like something official where you went to like a mental hospital for a certain amount of time before yeah. you go in that they might look at that on your record and go, oh, okay. Cause like, if you have a record, you know, like a police record or whatever, they'll look at. Uh, yeah. That's the thing here. Yeah. yeah. Right. So they'll, they'll, and they're way more strict now than they used to be. When I was in, when I was going in, they were actually like, there were still judges in different States that were, yeah. uh, you know, making guy like that was their, their, punishment was you either go to jail or you go in the military and so yeah. uh they were still doing i served with a few guys that that's how they ended up in the marines was uh was that they kept getting in trouble and the judge was like getting your ass in the military <laughs> yeah. uh they don't do that anymore <laughs> you know it's funny because what you know i'm like we all we always laughed about it because they're like uh bro they sent us to the marine corps and like we're doing crazier shit than what I was doing out there, like yeah. you know, partying and going, you know, doing all kind of crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, so they don't—they're way more strict now. I know, um, like uh, six years ago, five years ago, my daughter went into the uh, Air Force, and it was a pretty strict. Uh, they had a lot of restrictions for yeah. people to go in, so she went in, you know, spent four years in. But they, had, she had a lot of tests to go through, and a lot of background check stuff that they didn't do with me. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, as far as the mental thing, I'm not sure how same. that works. The same here with pretty much Belgium. Now they're like really strict. Like now you have to be like almost like 90 to 100 percent like yeah. functional for to be in the army. So, yeah. But I think if, if you see what's happening now to the world, I don't think it's going to take long before they need more 
people yep. to join and even from younger ages, you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, war, war will change that for sure. Yeah, man, it, it changes every time. It, cha- it changes the whole perspective of fucking the military world, you know? Yeah, like definitely. The moment war breaks loose, like, they need everybody. It doesn't matter if you're old, young, they just need everybody, you know? Yep. It's like, no. that was, dude, like, when I went for my test and they told me, like, if I if I said, like, you don't need me now, you say you don't need me now, but when all war breaks out, then it's probably you're going to come towards me and ask me if I still want to join until the marriage. And she literally said in my face, like, like, yeah, that's probably how it's going to work. And I was yep. like, it's so, it's so dumb, you know, like, you don't want to let me in now. But when the world all goes to shit, you, you need me, you know, you need yeah. this crazy ass, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, It's so stupid from time to time. And it's like, uh, I it don't is. know. Something that I think they need to change and reconsider. Because I find yeah. like, he, just give the people a chance. Because like, if they prove themselves that they're doing it good, then just keep them in the army. But if you see if you're just fucking it up or getting more in a worse condition, then you can always like say like, hey, it's not working for you. You got to stop here, you know. And I think everybody needs to get that chance to be in the army if you if you really want to give it a chance to be in the army, you know. And I think it's good for the for the like a lot of the people now because like if you see some people on this planet, you're literally like, what the fuck? Like, just put put this kid in fucking a year in the army because like he way too messed up, you know? Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh man, I'm like shit. You you need the fucking year army to fucking reconsider things, you know? Oh yeah, I think yeah. that's why. Uh, I think that's why you know airsoft is so good too because these uh, when these guys go to these mill sims, they're yeah. uh, they're doing like you know they'll, they'll start get into it in a young age and they're going True. like you know getting kind of like some. Tra- I mean, it's not like going to boot camp, but it's still. Uh, they're getting exposed to that kind of training, like oh, how much work it takes to run up this hill with all this gear on. Yeah, you know, yeah, like that. Like your tent, everything, and then right. you have to like stay awake. One fucking like, if you're crashing somewhere in a place, you know, one guy has to stay awake and keep a lookout because you're like your enemy camp can be ambushed by dudes with fucking MVGs. You know, <laughs> it's like you don't know that, like. Uh-huh. That's the cool thing about Milsim is like it really puts you in the situation of seeing like what could happen. Well, like what's it like in the military world, you know? And I, I think right. it's a great experience for people to do that because like it, you have to use radio communications. You have to use secret codes so the enemy don't fucking get your radio communications, mm-hmm. you know? Because in the Milsim, you can all use those techniques and, and that kind of stuff because it really teaches you some kind of stuff like maybe you could use into a real life situation right and that's what i find nice about milson man like it's 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 really inspiring something like that like i think it's something really good that they're doing here in belgium in europe and that kind of stuff it's not really that big yet but if if i like see those fucking videos from american milson and milson west and those kind of videos from in the states i'm like wow you know <laughs> it's like i want to i want to do something like that that that's just fucking awesome you tanks know? helicopters humvees yeah, dude like one of those helicopter rides where you can shoot with your airsoft gun fucking out a helicopter how fucking awesome is that right it's, it's, <laughs> it's insane crazy yeah yeah i really like those events and i think it's very inspiring for the younger people also 
to like maybe give it a chance to go to the army or like if they want to like go to, to the army that they do that as a first experience to know what it's kind of like to be in the army yeah so i think milsim is something great man yeah i, I find it awesome right yeah. yeah i think uh you know there's a benefit for uh all these different types like there's uh you know there's milsims you know that's like the like Milsim West or whatever, some of these that are like uh, continuous for, you know, three days. It's like real life, you know. Um, and then you have like Speedball uh, or yeah, speed Speedball. Speedball. Yeah. Speed ball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, things like that. I know it's the different end of the spectrum, but it's still, uh, you know, beneficial as far as, you know, weapon handling. Like learning yeah. these basics, right? They have to learn on the fly. They got to adjust. Yeah. Be really quick, you know. That's the funny thing, actually, is my first beginning of my airsoft career, I actually came from the speedsoft world, because that was actually, it's weird to say this, but the first dudes that took my eye on YouTube were the guys from SYG, probably you know them, the S-Gang. Back in the day, it was only like Maggot, Sapo, and all those kind of guys, so the real beginners of the SYG. And when I saw him, like, running through fucking the fucking SpeakUB hallway and killing, like, seven, eight people in one run, that was like, oh, that's awesome. I need to try that, you know. And so when I played towards my field, I would just try the same thing, just be aggressive as possible and just go, like, you know, shoot as much people like I can and just in one run. But since I got older, I got more into that military stuff and watching more Milsim videos and that kind of stuff. And that got me more into the military simulation way. Also, right. because I started doing more like reloads at home and that kind of stuff to give people more tips and advices on how to play better at an airsoft field, like if you're a beginner airsofter. So, and that's kind of what I really want to do with my career is actually just give good advice, good tips on what to buy as a first airsoft gun or, or that kind of stuff, you know, really inspire the new gun community, the airsoft gun community on how to play better on an airsoft field for playing against, you know, more experienced players. Because it, it's not always fun to be the newbie in the airsoft field and then want to play and then just get annihilated by fucking experienced players, you know. It's yeah. never fun. Because you don't know what you're doing, actually. You're just getting the gun, you're putting on gear, and you're just like, okay, I'm on the field. What the fuck am I doing here, you know? <laughs> that's pretty much how the first, That's how it began with me, you know? That's how it started with me. Like, I wanted to do it, but the moment I was on the field, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? I'm just going to move towards there, you know? And then yeah. fucking just five seconds later, I get shot, you know? Yeah. Find some I was cover. like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, uh, that's why I try and teach now people is how do you – how do you peek from a corner? How do you can, you know, how do, can you manip- manipulate that corner from peeking like th- those kind of stuff? Because like a lot of guys, when you're peeking a corner from around the wall, uh, a lot of guys are focused at that one spot that you're peeking from. So their attention pretty much going to be uh, 90 to 95 percent at that same spot. So what I try to teach people then is try to like manipulate him until he's going to stay in that same angle. Because if he's staying in the upper angle while you're peeking twice or a third time at the same higher angle, he's going to look at that angle and he's going to stay focused on it. Because he's going to be like the moment he sticks his head out, I'm going to shoot him, you know? Yeah. And and you know that's going to happen. So what you do then is like I would say to people like take a knee, go to a lower position and then. Because you already peeked three times, you know exactly where he is. 
So you can do sort of like a wall hack. Put yourself in that aiming position from behind the wall where that dude is going to be and then just peek the corner and take the shot because you already know roughly where he's at. So then you're just going to take the peek, maybe a couple of millimeters you have to pull the dot left or up or down and then just take that shot, you know. And then he's going to be like, oh, he shot me from the lower deck because he was so focused on staying on the higher ground, you know, shooting from the higher up. And those are the things I like to tell people because, like, it really works in the airsoft industry because I use it myself, those kind sure. of techniques. Oh, yeah. And, and it's the same with the, the, the last video that I made with the rifle to pistol draw because I see a lot of people on the field when they drop their rifle and then grab their pistol while you have two hands that you can easily drop the rifle with one hand and with the other hand you can already grab your pistol at the same time. Right. So the moment your rifle is dropped, you can already grab your pistol and your pistol is up. That's way faster than you drop your rifle and then grabbing your your pistol because in that half a second, somebody can come around the corner and shoot you. Yep. And unless you, you drop the rifle and you get the pistol up and you get that straight up, it, it, you don't have that half a second anymore. You know, so right. you're faster up, so you're ready, ready to shoot that guy. And those kind of tips I really like to give people so they get play better at fields, you know, and get more experienced tips and, and, and to play like more f and have more fun on the field. You know, I want them Absolutely. to have more fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, more fun is uh, is not spending all your time in the respawn. Now, I remember yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> when I was uh, <laughs> editing, I started editing these guys, uh, you know, Two of my sons are on our YouTube channel, and yeah. uh, one of their good friends, JP. When I started editing their gameplay videos, you know, all three of them would have uh, GoPros on their helmet yeah. or on their guns, or whatever. And I'm watching this stuff because I'm editing. Yeah. And they're like all behind. All three of them be behind like a uh, the same wall, and yeah. they're all peeking their heads up in the same area. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Are you, like you can't be that dumb. Like, oh, I got shot. Well, duh. <laughs> so yeah. I was saying. like, so I'm trying to teach them like, look, can you come here and come here and look at this video? I'd show them right here. I'm like, watch, see what you're doing right there. You know, kind of like you do when a, on a football team, you know, where the coach goes over in you know, all the film and watches yeah. the plays from the previous game. Like, Hey, don't do this. Cause it's a mistake. So I'd show them like, look, you all should, first of all, you shouldn't be all together like that. A, one grenade is going to take all you out. Uh, yeah. so you need to spread out. But uh, I'm like, don't pick your head up in the same spot. Like, Johnny, put your head up. You know, if you put your head up here twice, go on the side of the wall. Because it was only like a four-foot wall. Uh, yeah. You know, put you your head on the side, side of the wall and then start shooting. Switch. Yeah, it's just like you do in Call of Duty or a video game. Like, you don't you don't stand there and keep going in the same spot. You're going to get, you know, exactly. you're going to get sniped. Exactly. That's camping is going to take you out, you know. For real. So, yeah, I saw your video on uh, – I just saw the video, actually, the one you're talking about, where you showed about peeking out up here and then kneeling down and then maybe laying down, uh, yeah. you know, or going from a lower spot. And yeah. uh, and I, you know, I saw the one where you transition and stuff. But yeah, that's uh, that's probably a really common thing that uh, yeah. these guys get shot from because they all clump up behind one wall and then they start peeking out and peeking out and peeking out and like. Bro, <laughs> y'all would be and dead then, if you're in the military, okay? <laughs> and that's the thing, like in the airsoft industry also, what I really know is like a lot of people talk about what guns you need to buy, what, what you need to buy for gear, equipment, and, and, and vests and that kind of stuff. But nobody actually talks about the techniques you can use 
And that's why I have my Airsoft Instagram account. It's just I want to talk about techniques and I want to teach you about the techniques that you can use in your benefits and create them towards your own way so you can use them in your own benefits. Right. You know, like every person is different, so everybody trains different. It's uh, like um, if I could explain if I like drop my rifle, a lot of people would drop it towards the front. If I like stow my rifle, I would flip it half upside down and I would stow, stow it towards my side. So it would be at the side of me. So my front would be still open. And for me, that's easier to like control everything in the front because my weapons are at the side. It's the same like with the pistol because your pistol is always at the side too, you know, because you want the front to be accessible for if you need a grenade or something else. And, and that's the kind of things like people train differently on because like other people like to drop their weapon in front of them because they don't like to slide this you know because they slap a bit a little bit too much with the with the rifle when it's on the side so they like to drop it but the reason why i don't like to drop my rifle in front of me is because in the beginning two years of airsoft i had a i had a moment where i was like in a position and my rifle was empty because i play with gas blowback rifles so i only have okay. like 30 shots and then my rifle is empty yeah. And I was like shooting and my rifle was empty. So I dropped my rifle at the front because I wanted to, to be fast. And then I grabbed my pistol and I was standing behind a wall. So I grabbed my pistol and I like peeked the wall and I shot the dude. But I missed him and then he shot back at me. So I were going back towards the wall and then I wanted to take a kneel. But the moment I took that kneel because my gun was like in the middle, my barrel stuck into the ground and my like buttstock just hit me so bad in the cheek man yeah, like, i was just gonna so say it probably bad. hit your face <laughs> yeah, it like hit me so bad in the cheek i was like oh my god i almost bit my tongue off at the same times you know and that was the time i really learned like yeah this this is not safe this is not working for me you know like if if I, if you really go fast down on a knee and your gun gets like stuck up into the ground dude it's going nowhere it's just going straight up into the chin you know and i was like nah that that ain't working for me and that's the time i started putting my rifle towards the side so i can take a knee and my rifle isn't here anymore so i can don't have any stocks up my chin you know right. <laughs> so yeah man those are the kind of small tips i kind of want to teach people like to prevent those fucking things you know now, is that how you started doing the uh, the training videos on your Instagram is like just from starting Airsoft and then seeing kind of like some of these issues that you saw and then experiencing yeah. some yourself? Exactly. Yeah. And then started a lot by seeing a lot of videos like T-Rex Arms, Millspec Mojo, uh, Garen Tomp, you know, all those crazy gun guys that give a lot of gun instructions, you know, Ronin Tactics, all these right. gun guys. And I watched a lot of those videos, and because I, I use a gas blowback rifle, it's pretty much the same working as a uh, as a real AR-15, you know, because, like, if when you're shooting and your gun is empty, your bolt is going to lock back, so it's not working like a real AR-15, so you have to strip the magazine, get the magazine back up, press the bolt release, then the bolt will send back forward. It, it works almost as a real AR-15. That's right. why I like using them. And when I see those videos, I'm like, hey, I can I can do those kind of things because I have a gas blowback rifle, so I can train myself on it. And it's it's just good for me to know the basics. Like, you never know when you come in a situation in in in, in the world in the, in a situation where right. you have to pick up somebody's gun and to save a lot of other people, you know. And if you mm -hmm. just have those basic skills, 
to manipulate a weapon, you kind of can do that then, you know? Right. You, you, you can make the choice of I'm going to pick up this rifle and try to keep the people safe and I'm going to fight for it, you know? And that's just what it's very good that you know the basics. Because if you don't know the basic and you're going to pick up the gun, you're pretty much going to kill the people that you're trying to protect, you know, if you don't know the basics. And that's why I like to train with my airsoft guns is that I know all the basics about safety, trigger control, all those kind of small things, you know. And when you learn those things, you like you're ready to go a step further. Like if you want to then go for real guns, you already know the basics, so you're not gonna make those problems in the beginning of training real guns. So you're gonna be more safe towards training real weapons. And I got a couple of friends now too that started training like me, like I've been doing, because like they find it so awesome when I'm reloading and so fast. Like, man, you're so fast, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> And yeah, when like, I started yeah. watching the videos on your cha on your uh, Instagram page, I was like, okay, he's definitely been. You can tell when somebody's had some practice, you know, and it's like doing yeah. it consistently, yeah. you know, repetition and stuff. Yeah. And uh, there's a handful of guys I've talked to uh, on here on our podcast in the mm -hmm. last you know month or whatever that that do that. And uh, a couple guys, you know, have YouTube channels that that train, you know, that do those kind of tactic yeah. trainings. And um, yeah, it's it's really good to know. Like I can yeah. shoot a pistol, but as far as like drawing and reloading and all that, like I haven't had a lot of, uh, you know, practice with that kind of stuff or switching from, you know, rifle to pistol. So when I yeah. saw your stuff, you know, I, I like watching that kind of stuff too, because that's something I want to get good at. And yeah. uh, so I appreciate you guys doing these training videos because it really helps, man. Like, and then even your, uh, your last one, you're like, okay, I'm going to do two of these where I'm going to, uh, I forget what kind of transition you were doing, but it was you start with your rifle. Uh, you're going to fire one shot. One round, then switch to your pistol. Then switch. One round, then reload the pistol. Yep. Stow the pistol back, switch to the rifle, and then reload the rifle, take another shot. Yes. Yeah. So you were like, I'm going to do that twice. But you ended up doing it like five times because you didn't like it. You were like, nope, I'm going to do it again. No. And I thought, yeah, man, like, that is even, that. It's really cool that you're you're putting it uh, on. You're keeping that in the video instead of just like making yourself look good. Like you're showing the work that you're doing. You know, that's the thing that I want to do is like I want to show the people, even if you're someone that people like already are looking up to, we still make mistakes too. We are right. just you, like every other human being in this world. You know. Like, I came from a fucking shitty-ass place where I couldn't do all this stuff. And I just want to show to people, like, even when I'm doing fast videos, I still fuck up at some times. Because, like, some videos you can hear me saying, like, oh, fucked up, I don't like this one, let's do it yep. one more time, you know? Do it one more time, I yeah. Just wanna, I just want to show to people, like, it's okay to fuck up, because that's the moment where you that's learn, you you learn. to go faster. And the moment you're actually pushing yourself to go faster, that's where you're actually learning. And because like most of the people like they they train till they get it right. You know, that's that's something I learned from from Chris Costa. It's and that's been staying in my mind forever. Like the days of Magpul, Magpul Industries. I don't know yeah. if you yep. the starting Magpul Industries with Travis Haley, Chris Costa and all those kind of guys. And it got me to a certain point where Chris Costa said, like, uh, normal people train until they get it right professionals train until they get it wrong you know and and that's something that got stuck in my mind is like because yeah. that's really a, a, like the truth like 
most people train until they get it right. And when they get it right, they're like, oh, yeah, I got it. I'm done for today, you know. But no, that's that's not how you do it. Because like if you do it at that, you get a, a certain point where you're like confident with yourself, but you're not really pushing your limit. And if you're training until you get it wrong, you're actually constantly pushing the limit where you learn to accept from these are the kind of mistakes and the hangups that I still fuck up every time, you know? Because, like, it can go from different things, from trigger pull to holding your pistol in a good grip while drawing the pistol, you know? It's all those kind of small things. Why also I record myself so I can watch myself and see what I'm doing wrong. You know, just like you mentioned earlier, like if you're looking at your son's videos and that kind of stuff, you see what they're doing wrong. And that's what I'm doing with my videos. That's why I like to video myself. And it's just, yeah, man, like people really got to like start learning more and pushing themselves more to the limit. Because like if, if I can teach you something for your pistol draws, there's like a, a app on your phone that you can download and it's like a, a, a shot timer for your app for airsoft and it's like the aips shot timer something like that you can have on your phone and it reports the shot timings that you do on your phone and you can like put it like if you're shooting outside you can put the echo up if you're shooting inside you can put the echo down so you can shoot pretty much anywhere you want to shoot from in home or outdoors if you want to train and it's actually a really good app to like get those reps started in like if you're drawn you want to really consistently draw fast have a good grip get your pistol fast on the sights or on the red dot sights and then take that shot you know and with a shot timer that split second you always do with drawing your pistol with the timer every time you can see on the timer how many split seconds you've wasted up and after seeing you how many like different different timings there are then you can start learning on what you did wrong so you're you're more focusing on what went wrong here on this time. Why was my time like slower than the earlier one that I did? Like where right. did I went wrong, you know? And that's the point where you really start to focus and then the moment you find out what that problem is, you start a little bit more to focus on that problem and to solve that problem. And the moment you solve that problem, you know like okay, this is something I need to focus on. And the moment you start to do your drills, it's an automatic thing that you're going to focus a little bit more on the rest on that one problem thing than you will do on the rest because the rest goes pretty well, but there's like one small thing you have to fix, you know? Yeah. And that's when, I'm, when, I, when you're pushing it to the limit is, is learning from those small mistakes, seeing those small mistakes. Like also something that T-Rex arm mentioned in the video was like, if, if, you're, if you're pushing yourself, even when you – aimed already in and you took their, that shot and you know from yourself like that's a bad shot and you called it that's when you you're learning from yourself that means like you're you're learning how you're shooting because if you're like aiming you took a shot and you just know from yourself like nah that's not a good shot and you walk up towards your target and you already see it's not going to be a good shot that's the moment you really start to know the basic fundamentals of your pistol or rifle uh, how the shooting works, how the the recall works, and those kind of stuff, you know, and how to get that dot on the same alignment every time, you know, because everybody have, like I said, is different. Some people have more horizontal, some people have more uh, vertical recall that they have to control, you know. Everybody's different, 
And with gas blowbacks, you just have a minor recall. It's not like a real gun, you know, but it's, right. you still have that little bit of recall that you have. So if you just like have a gas blowback rifle and you hold it like pretty loose against the shoulder and you just pull the trigger, yeah, even that recall just going to send the gun pretty much a little bit everywhere. So with gas blowback rifles, you really have to like tuck it into the shoulder pretty much to get pretty much decent shots. Right. So that's why I love to train with my with my gas blowback rifles, you know, and uh, yeah, man. You know, that's something that we haven't tried yet. Uh, we we've uh, we've had a lot of different airsoft guns, a lot of different you know styles, and some yeah. kind of crazy. You know, we've gotten some RPGs and stuff like that, but uh, in mystery boxes. But the uh, the gas blowbacks. When now we've had electric blowbacks, but uh, we've not got a rifle that's a gas blowback in like a mystery box. So that's yeah. something, you know, we have a lot of pistols, obviously, that are like that. But uh, the uh, rifles, we've never tried, or at least I haven't, uh, the gas blowback. And I see them all the time. They're really popular uh, on a lot of these guys that play over where you guys are at. Yeah, well, well, where I'm at in Belgium, it's not really that popular. Well, like the UK, I'm, I guess. Yeah, the UK and the US, that's where pretty much the most okay. popular. Like if you look towards the US, it's going to be uh, Tokyo Marue. GHK, KWK, and that's what I'm running. I'm running KWAs, like U.S. gas blowback rifles made by U.S. only. And they got the mil-spec, like, uh, threading. So I can put real uh, RS, like, rails, uh, stock tubes and that kind of stuff on it. So I can just switch it out with, like, midget mods and that kind of stuff, you know. And that's pretty much what's nice on a gas blowback rifle is you can put almost anything RS on those rifles. And that's not always working with an AG because AG have different threads and that kind of stuff, you know? Right. And then, yeah, man, like if you're like a guy that really wants to train a little bit more on some on some shooting, you know, really have the understanding. Like I would say go with gas blowback rifles, just like Millspec Mojo is now getting more into the airsoft world. And uh, I don't know if you've seen him, like he went to Milson West, I think it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't uh, see early- with a Travis Haley and Jet Desert Fox and uh, Spartan WG7, something like that. Okay. And all those kind of famous guys, like the famous YouTubers, like Jet Desert Fox, those guys. And when you see him playing in those videos, like when you see him in the Milsim, he's he is playing with a, with a, with a PTS, I think. It's like a, an electric, like sort of training simulation gun. So okay. when you shoot an electric gun and it's empty, it really like sort of like mm. locks the ball back. Locks back, yeah. But when you see his new video when he's playing CQB, he's actually playing with a gas blowback MP7 and with a gas blowback training M4. So it's officially actually a gas blowback rifle that is made for training at home for dry fire and stuff. Oh, that's cool. And he used that rifle also to shoot airsoft stuff with. So it's yeah. kind of nice to see those gun instructors. Going into the airsoft world with gas blowback rifles because they it's kind of what they feel the most, you know. Right. And like Mills Mojo also said in the in the, in the videos, like gas blowback is really good for like if you're a gun guy to train a dry fire at home because you you don't have to use any ammo, you don't have to click it side, you know. You can just put on some safety glasses, get a couple of boxes, put them around the house, you know, and just get your airsoft pistol out and just shoot, you know. And it's great for home training, that kind of stuff. Like if you're not a guy that's for the winters or like the cold, rainy days, oh, right. then an airsoft gun and training at home is pretty much something really good you can use, man. Like, yeah. Did you start out I- with uh, gas blowback uh, rifles? Is that what you started with? Well, no, I started with an AG, but like I didn't like 
you know, like the zooming sounds around my head. Like when I was oh, yeah. using more and more AGs, it, like it started going in my head. Like I'm like, every time we shoot a gun, I would like go like shit, 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 shit. You know, <laughs> that's what I would sound like for me in the time. You know, I was the like windy, this, the winding gears. Yeah. You know? And just the whining sounded so shit that it would <laughs> oftenly go in my head. Like every time I'm shooting an AG, it would go like shit, 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 you know? <laughs> And I was like, nah, this is not the thing for me. And then, like, your gun's uh, buddy talking shit mine, to you. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, for real. And then a buddy of mine had a gas blowback rifle, and I was like, let me try that shit out, you know? Like, let let me play around with it. And then I played one round of it, and I get, instantly got sold, man. I was like, yeah, this is what I need, you know? When you're in a. I had it so many times with gas blowback rifle, man, because they're so fun, because, like, people don't expect it makes so much noise. Yeah. Because bolt slapping up like back and forth and and sometimes i have it when i'm coming into a room and you see a dude like so focused lowing down like on his knees shooting at a dude so focused not knowing i'm behind him and then i just come stand right above him you know and start shooting my gun and that dude goes like what the <laughs> fuck you know and really gets scared you know like he really like shits almost in his pants he's going like what the fuck's that, man? Shit, that gun is loud, man. I was like, yeah, it's gas blowback, man. Jesus, fuck, yeah, you know? And it's funny to have that sometimes when those people, you know, get fucking scared because you're just shooting your gun, you know? Yeah. It's just fun with gas blowbacks, man, because they're so loud and stuff to play with. Like, one time we had, like, uh, three or three dudes, three friends of mine, and then myself in a fucking hallway, and we're all, like, gas blowback rifles, and we're all shooting in that same hallway, so... It sounded like a bunch of fucking real guns were going off into the hallway, like, bam, 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 bam. And the other dudes on the other side were like, no, we're not going into that hallway. Like, nope. <laughs> you know? And that's the fun thing with gas blowback rifles, you know? You get that fucking that nice feeling, you know? Oh, yeah. And yeah, that's what I'm trying to – I'm trying to motivate more people into buying gas blowback rifles because it's something, like, people are still afraid of. Because it's true, you know, like if you don't put decent upgrades in it, the, it, the gas efficiency is not so good, you know, oh. uh, or it has double feed malfunctions or it's chopping BBs. But I think pretty much it comes with every box stocks, like every gun, like in a box that is new, always right. come with a problems unless you mod it and upgrade it towards how you want it to work, you know. Because, like, I have a lot of dudes always saying, like, yeah, my airsoft gun, man, my, my gas blowback rifle, why doesn't it not shoot as good as yours? You know, mm -hmm. because I mod it a lot. Like, I do everything myself. Like, I mod, I customize. And I have also my sponsor, Rep Airsoft. Shout out to Rep Airsoft. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, and that's the thing, you know, like, he, like if I want to get the barrel cut off to, like, from 14 and a half to 12 inch, I go towards that guy because he has all the machines, you know, so he can cut off action. But yeah. if it's like internal triggers, uh, hop-up units, that kind of stuff, I can do it all myself. That's not a problem. Yeah. So that's what I'm pretty much doing most of the time. Like just all my friends too that have KWAs, they're always like, hey, I have a problem. Come fix it for me, you know. So they always call me <laughs> when they have a problem. Like, oh, hey, come on, come fix it for me. I can't solve it, you know. Hell so yeah. I got to go fix it. But I love doing it. So, you know, I have no problems with helping people out with having good gas blowback rifles, you know. Yeah. And uh, like I've been also been in a lot of discussions, man, about what is what is the best gas blowback rifle? What is the worst gas blowback rifle? And I think in, in the gas blowback industry, that's going like that's going to be like an internal discussion. There's never going to be an ending on that. 
because no. there's come always coming new products coming you know right. and that new product is going to be better than the older product and it's going to be an endless discussion about that like but if i can say the the best rifles you can now pretty much buy for gas blowback is ghk uh Tokyo marui mws or kwa you know those are the the or pts rifles like the pts mm. mega arms the raiden model one yeah. those are pretty good rifles to start with you know if you want to have some good decent gas blowback rifles so yeah and, and you have a lot of types now like it's it's more and more coming back into the airsoft industry because like when i started airsoft and playing with gas blowback rifles the fields that i play at i just like saw none just me and the boys were always the guys with the gas blowback rifles oh, okay yeah, yeah so like in, in belgium it's not that something like that big you know because also because of our shitty weather here because like belgium oh. is a country where it's always pretty cold so it's not okay. always that for the gas blowback rifles because like yeah. gas blowback rifles for a decent working and gas pressure you need a decent weather you know and oh, here's okay. something here in belgium in the winters it's pretty cold so when you're really like in a gun battle and you're shooting like pretty much like 230 rounds after each other then your uh, nozzle is going to freeze up and it's just oh. going to spit out gas and that kind right, of stuff. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, those are kind of things you, you have to take for accountable, you know. Those are kind of things you have to know about the gas blowback rifles before you buy one. So that's the kind of negative ways, you know, of gas blowback rifle. But you can also play like HPA because now you also have like a HPA valves that you have to uh, screw in the other side of the magazine. You just take the gas valve out, put the HPA uh, right. gas valve in there, yep. and then you can put the magazine in, put the, you know, the, the, the fucking thingy. The, the on line on it, in, yeah. To put yeah. the line on, and you can, like, shoot with HPA, you know, and then you can play in the winters without your nozzle freezing. But for me, as a gas blowback rifle player, I like to drop my magazines for a faster reload, you know? Right. And when you're having that HPA and that fucking rod, yeah, you can't drop it, you know, because uh. it's stuck in there. And that's kind of something that I do not like to work with, you know, so, right. but I'm thinking about adding it because like this winter pretty much I've been just sitting at home spending and buying Gucci shit and not playing <laughs> because it's too cold for my gas blowback rifles, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Now, do so you have, uh, did you grow up with uh, brothers or sisters? I have one older sister, yeah, but they're like all against guns. My Me and my dad are pretty oh. much the gun nuts. Yeah, my I was gonna mom say, is, is you ever try to get her into airsoft? <laughs> nah, nah. She's like anti-gun man. She's all about oh. that like hippie life, family life, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like like my mom is more like uh, the decent way of the family, so to say. My dad is more like the the loose end of the family, so to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm more like my dad than I'm like my mom. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. funny. I grew up. Uh, kind of the same way. My parents were, uh, well, my mom was against guns. So my dad was like, yeah. okay, whatever. And, but he bought me a BB gun when I was 12, but I didn't have a lot of gun, you know, experience or gun handling before I went in the military, you know? And when I got out, I was like, when we have kids, man, I, they're going to learn how to use guns. Like it's important, you know? <laughs> of course. That's yeah. what I'm, I think that's a big thing. Like, uh, in this world, like if you're a gun owner or a gun dad or a gun mom, it's important to teach your children what is safe to do and what is not safe to do with a weapon, yeah. you know. I think that is one of the most basic important things you need to teach your children. 
is when not to touch it, when to touch it, and those kind yeah. of things, you know. And in the, in these times, man, or and you know, take responsibility, like lock your guns and put it in spots where your children don't know where it is. Because like, if I can look towards the state, man, those school shootings and stuff, it all happens because of the parents not locking their guns up safe into a chamber or somewhere else yeah. where your kids don't know where it is. My dad put me actually in uh, back in uh, Aikido and Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, it's like a, a hand defense from knives, weapons, sticks, you know, spears and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like hand-to-hand -hand combat. And I, my dad put me in that kind of stuff to learn self-defense for if, like, if I get bullied in school and that kind of stuff, you know. Right. Good. And what's pretty much the big thing that I learned from my dad is is how to defend myself for in a responsible way, you know. Right. And and I think that's something like parents really need to teach their kids too, you know, because like yeah. it's not like good to beat up a kid really bad but if you like defend your spell yourself in a responsible way and teach right. your same manner to do that you know like it's not bad to fight but fight only for to defend yourself you know that yeah. kind of stuff, you know and that's kind of what my dad told me is like if, if you get bullet like don't let them bully you defend yourself you know stand up for yourself and if i look like towards my nephew my little cousin this the kid of my sister like the, she's so soft with him from time to time that i'm think like if he gets bullied he's gonna be like just emotionally broken you know <laughs> and i'm like big tough him up a bit you know yeah. i like I, I, like when he's staying at my dad's house you know his his uncle uh you know his gramps and uh i'm fucking there over visiting him like i'm always like toying with him punching him with him you know making yeah. him a little bit rough you know and he loves that shit, you know? Like, yeah. it, it, how old is he? He's now about five now. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. Five-year-old boy. Yeah, they love that. Girls, Dude, too. They know, love to wrestle around. Like, I just, like, the kid loves it when I'm just holding him upside down with his feet and he's just hanging <laughs> upside down, you know? The kids kind of love that stuff, you know? And my sister, when she sees that, she's like, yo, put him down. and He's getting too much blood towards his head and that kind of stuff. And I'm like chill out it's like 15 seconds he's not gonna die in 15 seconds like you know i think i think moms are just way too soft from time to time man oh, like for sure oh yeah my my mom when uh when i started i was in fourth grade and my dad took me to a uh my mom was pissed she didn't want me to start uh i mean she wasn't mad but she didn't want me to play football but my dad yeah. took me to a um uh a boy scout meeting and he took me yep. to a football meeting where they were, you know, when they were just starting the season. And he said, which one you want to do? And I said, football. So I didn't go in the Boy Scouts. Or not. I never did scouts or nothing. <clears throat> and uh, I played football from four years old. I mean, uh, fourth grade, not four years old. And uh, and I loved it. I loved it. And I played all the way through high school. And uh, I loved the conflict. I loved the contact. Uh, you know, and I... I got in a lot of fights in uh, in school as well, <laughs> and, uh, so and I played football and wrestled, you know. So uh, yeah, I got in some trouble in high school. You know, it was. Uh, I think my parents were uh, relieved when I went in the military. Um, my mom didn't want me to go in because she was afraid, of, you know, of war and all that. But uh, I think they were a little relieved to get me out of there because you know I, I said you know I was I got I got in a little trouble. Uh, through high school and stuff like that. But it, I mean, yeah. those kind of things, like when you're growing up, being able to, you know, wrestle around, like 
fight, you know, in a, in a safe environment where you're, you know, you're not going to get killed when you're nine years old, you know? Bro, back in the days when like, I'm from the nineties, I'm a nineties kid. I'm 30 years old now, you know? And back when I was like 15, 14 years old, what was I doing? Climbing in trees and falling down and my dad laughing his ass off because I got hurt pretty bad, you know? <laughs> Like, legit, he was just laughing at me because I made the dumb mistake of hanging on a fucking branch that was pretty much rotten as fuck and was not <laughs> able to hold my weight, you know? Yeah. And me falling fucking almost from two meters, bam, to the ground. My dad was like, ah, you know? Like, oh, yeah. That, that's not happening anymore, you know? And that's kind of sad because, like, it's like they're getting wimpy. They're getting wussy, oh, you know? Oh, sure. They really because are. From, yeah, man, like... It's always about fucking politics and feelings and like dude. I'm like dude, I like seriously. When I was 16 years old, I had a stick, thinking it was the fucking blade of fucking King Arthur, and I was fucking running around smacking my buddies with that stick while they were <laughs> fucking smacking me with a stick, you know. Yeah. And that was fucking the times, man. You just hurting each other, like toughing each other up, you know. Like yep. come on, man. And, yeah, I think uh, I think they you yeah. know they go they go overboard with these uh, rules and stuff like, yeah, it's, uh, so maybe, you know, you, okay. So some kid gets, you know, beat up really bad <clears throat> by a bully. I understand, you know, there's extreme situations and um, yeah, true, true. that person needs to get punished. You don't need to make a, a law that, that for everybody, you know, just punish that one person uh, for that thing. But, uh, or anyone that does that, but you know, like, when our kids were growing up as they got in high school, you know, it was like my kids are adults, but they're not that, you know, that much older. Yeah. They're still in their twenties. And, uh, when they were going to high school, like they had a cop in the school. I didn't have that. Uh, yeah. if you get in a fight, you get expelled, expelled. When we got in fights in school, I remember we got me and my, uh, well, it wasn't a friend. We were, we were friends after, yeah. but we got in a fight in the hallway, right in front of the next class that we were going to and the teacher came out he was you know and he grabs us both off the floor and was like get your ass in the classroom that was it we didn't go to the principal we didn't yeah. you know what i mean like and we're like straight up on the floor you know punching each other yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he's just so it was a way different time but yeah. the other thing was too is that you know it when somebody had a fight it was just us two there wasn't a you know five of my friends didn't join in and start kicking this dude in the head you know, I think uh, you see videos like that now where they gang up on somebody and just yeah, go that, you know, overboard, that, man. That's 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 like different, you know, like the people that really gang up on one person or yeah. that kind of stuff. Like I had it happen to me once with yeah. my ex-girlfriend, like uh, with New Year, uh, her brother got in a fight and I defended her brother and I had 15 dudes punching and stamping on my face right now, like legitimately 15 dudes. Like, dude, my face was so messed up after that shit. Like, you don't want to know. Like, my eye was like that. My chin was like that. And the funny part is, like, I'm really a tough guy because my dad smacked me so much back in the days. So I don't <laughs> right. go down easily, you know? And, like, even when I was full of blood, my eye, like, this swollen, they, they like, punched me into the streets. And the moment I got to the streets, you know, I, I was, like, on, on, on government fucking soil. So I was like, if they punch me here, police will come straight towards here and solve this problem. So I was like on the end of the street, like with an eye like that, like, come on, come at me one by one, you know. And that moment, these dudes just looked upon me and just went like, 
nah, we're nah, just nah. They just didn't come at me anymore just because I just said, like, come at me. I was all by myself, 15 dudes stomping on my face, you know, and fucking kicking my ass. Afterwards, also in the hospital, <laughs> we were in the hospital. It, it, the brother of, actually, my ex-girlfriend, he was laying next to me in the hospital on a fucking couch. And he had, like, a little scratch underneath his eye. And he was, like, asking asking for an aspirin because it was hurting so bad. <laughs> and me was, like, laying right next to him with my face all swollen up blue and fucking bruised with blood and i was like baby take your picture i need to send this to my mom you know <laughs> like she was like are you serious right now I'm like yeah i gotta send this to my mom she gotta know what's up you know like oh my gosh she was in that day she just like she literally told me like that was the day i really fell in love with you just because you were like such a badass she said you know and yeah, man, like I, I was, I got so messed up that day, man, on fucking New Year. And that's the the day that I realized, man, like fighting isn't like fighting anymore. Like it was back in the days, like oh right, back in the days when I was 16, 18 years old. Also, if we would get in the fight, it was just one versus one. Yeah, if the other one gets knocked out. I would even still help the dude get up, wake yep. him up, and afterwards go like, "Yo, is this settled? Can we drink a beer?" Right. And then just shake hands and go drink a beer and that what's it, you know? Yep, 100%. And when, yeah, now in these days, you fucking punch, dude. He lays on the ground and you turn around because you're, like, done with the fight. And right. then out of nowhere, a fucking dude comes with a knife and stabs you in the fucking back, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it just it, it escalated so much in something so worse, you know? Like, like the the respect of a real man fight isn't there anymore you know right that's the big thing i was just gonna say there's not that mutual respect anymore uh people don't you know guys well just people in general they don't have honor you know like hey i want to out at the end of this i I still want to feel honorable and keep keep my character intact when i leave so if i'm you know beating the shit out of somebody like okay i won the fight you help them up like i there was a fight i got into in high school i was a senior and same thing happened. And me and this guy, we fell down a hill. It's in the, you know, it was all, it was in the winter time. It was snowy. And uh, we wrestled around, wrestled around. And we were both pretty fucked up. It was a, it was yeah. a pretty even fight. And it, right towards the end, I got the better of him, kind of like headlock or whatever. And, uh, but I let him up and I helped, and he was, he started puking. Well, we were drunk as shit too. So, <laughs> so he, he starts puking. Oh yeah. So I'm like, uh, you know, I wait for him to get done and I helped him to his car and his buddy yeah. was there. And I was like, and I had four friends with me and they started, uh, talking shit to the friend that was, you know, with this guy. And I said, no, no, man, just shut up. We're done fighting. And, uh, so his friend came over and, and helped me help this guy into his car. I was like, Hey, thanks a lot. You know, it was yeah. a, we both felt mutual respect in the end. Uh, and, and that's, you know, I think, man, it, it, that doesn't happen very often anymore. No, know? no, of course not. You know, people yeah. are sort of like, like selfish in these times, you know, I think yeah. a lot of people let their ego pass their, their uh, self-consciousness, I think, right. man. Right. Cause like, like when they're looking up to other people is like, they think too highly of them towards another person. Right. But you don't know how that person actually is against over you, you know? Like, I, I never, like, if I fight someone, like, I'm not that type of guy that would say, like, oh, I could beat his ass in an instant, you know? I always stay fucking alert for my opponent because I don't know who this guy is and what this guy is yeah. capable Sometimes of. Sometimes people know? surprise the shit out of you, man. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know? <laughs> For real. That's what I hope that implies. Like, I'm not a big dude. I'm not one of the fucking most muscled guys, you know. But I had a lot of fighting experience because my dad teached me in a fucking younger age. So yeah. I can literally punch you in one place and you're fucking sleeping, you know. And I had that happen so many times. Like, one dude, I was in a fight. It was on a party. It was on Sunrise in Europe, Belgium. And I was with another friend. And that was the times I also did, you know, like cocaine, that kind of stuff. So I, yeah. I had some of my times, you know. I, I've been, I've been there. Everybody tried out some shit, man. Everybody tried out some shit, yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I've done some cocaine, and there was this dude, like, we were standing into a tent, you know, because it was raining, pouring rain, you know. And we were, like, just inside the tent, so, like, the rain was dropping right in front of us. And there was, like, a dude, like, fucking almost two meters high, you know, pretty fucking muscled big. And he pushed us out of the tent every time. Mm. And, yeah, me under cocaine, that kind of stuff, you know, I got a little <laughs> bit aggravated and get kind of shit because I turned yeah. around and I was like, what the fuck is your problem, man? And he was like, there is no room, man. I was like, dude, there's literally, like, fucking still a meter between us and I'm fucking still inside, you know. Just let me stand inside. And he was just keeping pushing me outside. But the dude was like, I had to look up to fucking towards the dude, you know? <laughs> and he was like, what are you going to do, little man? And I was like, yeah, that's that's something I, I'm not going to accept that, you know? So my trading perspective was like, this dude is bigger as me. So the only thing that I can do is make him small as me. So the first thing that I did was like just instantly stomp with my feet on his knee. So his knee would go backwards towards the other side, yeah. you know, kick it towards the other side. And he just fell down straight to the ground with hurt on his knee, you know? And then me seeing me as a small guy, just fucking stamping on his head like, you motherfucker, who do you think you're talking to, you know? <laughs> and my other friend like, yo, yo, leave it, leave it, you know? And he just picked me up. He was like, yo, we got to get out of here, man. Like, fuck this shit, you know? And I yeah. was like, fucking teach him a fucking lesson. Like, you don't fucking scream on people because you think you're two meters fucking big and strong, you know? Oh, yeah. Don't shit on people. And that was the first, actually, the time that I actually messed one up. And then I messed another dude after that up. But I'm not going to talk about it because that was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, I also did bad shit, man. Like, I, well, I went did really you learn bad. From it? Yeah, of course I learned from because I almost went to fucking jail and I almost had, had to pay 126,000 euros for that dude, you know? Because, yeah, I, shit. Really, I oh, really messed up. Yeah, for medical and just law, you know, the, the fucking... Oh, uh, legal stuff, you know? the lawyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then the fucking court, you know, the payment of the court and that kind of right. stuff. So all right. that together, like 162,000 euros. So that was a lot of money. And and I and if 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 I would have had that on my neck, I would have had to pay that and I would have been two years in jail. But I had a good lawyer, man. I had a really good lawyer. He just turned the fucking shit around because like... He pretty much saved my ass, man. Like, like I'm really thankful for that guy. Like, but that's important. Because that the thing is, man. Like, the dude that I actually fucked up was actually teasing a friend of mine that had like had like growing disease. Ah. So he would look like a dude from 12 to 13 years old while he right. was like being like 18 to 20 years old, you know? Yeah. And, and he, he wasn't strong because of, because of his medical condition, you know, he had muscle, right. like weak muscles and that kind of stuff. So he couldn't defend himself pretty well. And yeah, a drunk dude then fucking start fucking annoying him, like slapping him in the head, like, oh, dude, oh. you have to be in bed already, you know? But me as a friend, I always protect my friends, my brothers, you know, my, yeah. my good friends. I always stand up for them. And if they cannot defend themselves, I will be that person 
for him to defend him, you know? Right. And I went up towards that person and then, yeah, from there it escalated so badly that he legitimately made me flip because my autism, I can have like a snap and mm. it goes completely black into my face. And the moment it goes black, I cannot remember what I did to that person. Mm. My friends literally had to tell me what happened, what I did to that person because the yep. moment it all finished, I woke up and I didn't know what happened. Right. And yeah, and that's the moment I pretty much fucked. Yeah, he was pretty fucked up. Like, I smashed his eye cast. Like, it was broken all the way almost around. So his eye was almost all the way into his brain. Yeah. Then, apparently, what I did afterwards when I smacked him and when he went down, I tried to pull his arm off his body that I did not remember. So I legitimately put my, my foot on his shoulder and I tried to pull with my two arms, try to pull his arm off, off his body. So I tore his full whole shoulder like apart like his yeah. fucking leg and everything was like yeah, fully dislocated apart. and all that yeah it was like fully broken like fully messed up this dude is like legitimately he cannot work anymore now it's like oh, it's shit. that fuck yeah it was that fucked up so i really messed that dude up you know and that was the the time that i realized like i gotta stay out of fights because if this happens more i can really hurt somebody you know yeah. And that's when I really decided, like, I'm staying out of fights. I'm like, if people have problems and, like, if it escalated, it's, like, too much, like, I'm the guy that's going to just walk away. Like, I'm yeah, just... Yeah, get your friend out of there or you, yeah, you, you know, guys get out of there. More, you know? Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do now. So that's what, like, I learned from my mistake from fucking almost killing somebody. So, yeah, that was that was pretty much for me the thing, like, Sam, you got to stop doing this. You got to get yeah. your shit together. You gotta stop fucking getting in these situations. It's a wake up and, call. Yeah, wake up call, you know, and, and that's what I learned, man, and that's why I now focus so much on doing other things and trying to focus on things that makes me happy and like and getting me in these fucking city situations, you know. Right. Because like I have pretty pretty shans like pretty ass friends back in the day, like they were so shitty, man. Like uh, I had a drug fucking handle, you know, criminals, that kind of stuff. I had my bad fucking friends years, but it also yeah. was because of the situation. My dad and my mom, they split up when I was like four years old. Mm. You know, I seen them like throw plates and that kind of shit. So that oh, yeah. put me into a, like a, 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 a psychiatrist for children. So that yeah. put me in, that's actually where my mental state really went down was when my parents broke up i didn't went to school i didn't learn to school anymore you know because i was yeah. that fuck because my parents broke up and that's kind of what messed me up in the part you know sure and that's when i got into like the drug world and that kind of stuff yeah and yeah man from there i like it went ups and downs and ups and downs and now i'm at a part like where i'm doing now almost six years airsoft so I really started actually airsoft and seriously from 18 years old, 19 years old. That was when I really started like with airsoft and, and yeah. it kind of got more escalated from there, you know. But like, yeah, man, I did a lot of sports. Like I did BMX racing. I still got my trophies back there. I don't know if you can see them up there. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah, I got my trophies from BMX racing. I did skateboarding. I did freestyle BMX. You know, I did a couple of fucking extreme sports. So I was always a sports guy. I always wanted to be busy, yeah. you know, kind of stuff. Like I'm not really good with learning, teaching that kind of stuff. Never been my <laughs> thing. School never been my thing. Now, Sam, you don't want to sit yeah. down and write a sentence and figure out where all the commas go, dude. I have so many issues with that. You don't. Come want on, to know. that's exciting but to learn. <laughs> 
No, like seriously, <laughs> man. Like the only thing that I regret that I didn't learn is math. Yeah. I, I, I hated math when I was younger. Like I, I hated it so much. I just never put attention to it. But now that I got older, I was like, if I would have done math correctly, I would have my own business right now. And I would have scammed the fucking shitty so hard. So I get extra money, you know, <laughs> like that's what math is good for, man. Like legitimately, like school is such full of crap. They teach you things you almost never use in your daily life. Right. Like legit. The only thing you use in your daily life is math. Because yeah, you always math is you, important. Yeah, be, because you have to be thinking about how much money am I going to invest, pay, you know, taxes, right. that kind of stuff. And if you learn math, you can, you know, count around taxes and that kind that. of stuff. So math is pretty good in school. But like, uh, like back when you like God history and all those kind of things, like it's not really that important. It's somewhere important, but I was like, say, you what, know, uh, so they teach, you know, different stuff here in America. Um, and I think, uh, we, we here, you know, in America, we think like, uh, other countries have like a yeah. way better, like school system and stuff. Like, what do you guys yeah. get taught? Like what kind of classes do you guys have when you're in like high school? We get math, we get sports, you know, so you learn to do sports and that kind of stuff. Uh, you get uh, like uh, drawing art classes, so you get instantly learn a little bit of art, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Then you have like, uh, it depends on what you actually want to follow. Because like if you want to follow into the wood kind of stuff, you follow wood school. So they give you classes where you get uh, wood wood instructions. Then you get classes where you can get concrete and stone so you can build houses, you know. Oh, yeah. And then you got classes where you got uh, can learn metal uh, workouts. So you learn how to uh, use screwdrivers and that kind of stuff, uh, files and that kind of stuff, how to create something out of metal. So mm -hmm. you can kind of choose what you want to follow here in Europe, what you're really excited for. And, but that's just like in if you're doing like the the beginning of school, it's just pretty much math, uh, like uh, uh, sports. Right? So you have to run and do your uh, get your points from running and physical right. th uh, physical tests and that kind of stuff. Then you learn your art classes, your uh, your history classes, and then your language classes. So there's two, pretty much when you're in Europe, there's three languages you learn, pretty much English, like I'm talking right now. And you can also learn French or Dutch, German. Uh, okay. uh, but that's in your own decisions. Uh, I never followed any three of those classes. The reason why I talk English is because I learned from video games and movies and that really? kind of stuff. Yeah. Bro, you, you speak like I really didn't think when you said you were uh, where you were at. I was like, yeah. I don't think he grew up there because you speak, you don't have hardly any accent. Like I can understand yeah. you very well. Yeah, dude, I had that so many times. Like even in the gaming industry, in the gaming world, when I played like Daisy, you know Daisy because oh, yeah. it's the yep. same like Arma, but then in the zombie right. apocalypse situation. Right. I played a lot of Daisy with like guys from the states, and I had one dude in the group, and he was like, "Dude, there is no way from Belgium. You sound so American as fuck." He said, <laughs> and I was like, "No, man, I'm, I'm literally from Belgium, from Europe. If I would talk my own language, you wouldn't understand me." He's like, "No." Yeah. No, I don't believe you. You're an American. You're you're not from Europe. He said. I'm like, okay, listen. So I talked into my own language towards him. Speak my own language. Is that Dutch? Yeah, yeah like Dutch. 
Okay. I uh, I was like talking to him in Dutch, uh, like, uh, hey, my name is Sam, I come from Belgium and the shit. So I was talking to him against my own language. And he was like, no fucking way, you know. He was like so <laughs> impressed about it, you know. And he was like, even like, honey, honey, come over here. Come listen to this dude. He sounds American as fuck, doesn't he? And then his wife like, listen, listen, uh, talk to my wife, Sam, talk to my wife. And I'm like talking to his wife and he's, she's like, look, uh, does he sound American? And I'm talking against his wife. And he's like, yeah, he really sounds American. And I'm like, <laughs> I have that so many times that people tell me like, dude, you sound so American. Yep. It's just because like I like grew up in the gaming world just with all my pretty much American dudes, you know. I always yeah. played with from the States or from the UK, you know. I can pretty much do a British accent. That's also that I can do, you know. Let's so you learn uh, yeah. All right, Mike, do you want a cup of tea maybe or a fresh <laughs> cup or something like that? And if you mess with me, Matt, I'll fucking mock you up, you licking mock. <laughs> So, you know, I like to... That's good. Yeah, you know, I, I like to do that kind of English, you know, and uh, I have a couple of friends from the UK, from the airsoft industry, like, I don't know if you know the famous guy, Airsoft, Nico, Nico Airsoft. Oh, yeah, follow from, him on Instagram. He's, a, he's, he's also an ex-military uh, guy that went to Airsoft and then okay. now a YouTuber also, uh, a Twitch streamer and that kind of stuff. He okay. plays uh, like Escape from Tarkov, that kind of videos he does on Twitch and stuff. So, you know, and, and these guys pretty much inspire me also because they're like all good vibes towards Airsoft. You know, they don't see the hate right. towards Airsoft because like there's also been a big discussion from the gun community hating on the Airsoft community. Yeah, I've heard about that. I don't, I don't, I haven't experienced that personally, so I don't know what the hell is going on with that. Me neither, but I did talk to some couple of dudes here in Europe that are military that dislike what we do in Airsoft because, like, some of us take it too serious and that kind of stuff, you know. But, like, if you're looking at, at like, Milsim events, like, why wouldn't you take that serious? It's almost the same as the real deal, only you're yeah. shooting with BBs, you know. And yeah. they, they, I think the big hate on that is that some of them, like – I literally had one of those situations when uh, at my home fields in uh, in Malle here in Belgium where I was playing and that was when I was I think 24 years old I was 24 to 25 years old and that was kind of when I was really into airsoft that was my my speed soft time you know and I was playing very aggressive with a friend of mine and we had like five dudes from the the Belgium fucking army they went in there and they were like you know all big dog big man you know all like things <laughs> and the funny and the funny thing is like i i like asked one of the fucking locals there the bosses i like are they guys from the army and they were like yeah they're from the army you know like all right this is gonna be a tough fight then you know and it didn't take me about five minutes to push those five guys in the corner. And they, I pissed them off so bad that they were starting to shoot full auto at me inside CQB while it was only f single shot, you know? Yeah. And got so pissed off that were that they were pushed in the corner by a civilian player, <laughs> pushed in the corner. And they got so mad they were starting to shoot full auto at me. And it was so funny, you know? Because I was like, you come in here and talk so big of yourself that you're a soldier and that kind of stuff and you just got pushed in the corner five guys against one guy and you five guys get pushed in the corner by one guy and you can't even fucking win 
like, are you serious, you know? And that's when I really got to the point, like, I think a lot of guys, like, also join in the military just do it just for the uniforms and to show yeah. big are not really big at all, you know? Yeah, I met, that, I met a lot of guys like that. Yeah, dude, like, I, like, like, because, like, I have legitimately a lot of friends, like, Lefty, one of my Instagram followers also, is also an airsofter, he has a YouTube channel, and he's in the army also, and he oh, always says to me, like, man, how come you're not in the army, man, you just, you're so fast, and you know everything, and, like, yeah, just because of my mental state, man, just because Belgium yeah. army don't want to let me in with my mental state. And he was like, I just can't understand that. He said, like, he's, you're so good, he says. And like, yeah, I can't understand it either, man. It's just their egos. They just don't want to let me in until the fucking world gets fucked up. And then they want to <laughs> let me in, you know? And he's like, yeah, man, it's, it's like facts, you know? And like, he says, like, I would rather trust my life, he said, with guys like you that are mentally yeah. insane in the head but know what they're doing. Than a guy that's mentally good but is scared as fuck when he gets to the war zone, you know? Yeah. And I see a lot of guys like sometimes like talking that kind of big, like if yeah, if I was in the army and that kind of stuff, and pretty much when they get into the real situation, they're pretty much fucking pissing their pants, you know? Yeah. Those kind of guys. And and you see that a lot, you know, guys just fucking running the outfits and talking big shit, but actually are not that big of a deal. Oh yeah. Yeah, you yeah, have that in, in any, <clears throat> you know, any anything really. Yeah. With, uh, really, but yeah, it really. does happen more often with uh, military yeah. guys, especially now, man. Like when I was in, there wasn't a whole lot of that. Like uh, it was, you had one or two here and there. They would talk some, you know, all kind of shit. But they, uh, it wasn't that often. And now, like I go to, uh, when you know, if I work with somewhere, you know, somebody else, or I go to different job sites, whatever. You always have that guy that's like, oh yeah, I'm an army veteran, talks this, this, and this, and this. And, uh, I'm like, bro, why are you telling, like, you're talking like you're still in, it was fucking 20 years ago. Okay. I mean, it's yeah. fun to talk, tell stories. I understand it, but he's talking like, man, I used to be so hardcore. I was, you know, I'm like, bro, if you got to tell somebody how hardcore you are, you ain't fucking hardcore, okay? No, no, for real. <laughs> you know? like, just the truth, man. Like, my dad, like, he never talks about his shit. And that's how I know my dad is a fucking yeah. hardcore dude. He, do, he just does not want to talk about it because he's fucking seen shit that he does not want to talk about, you know? Sure. And those are the hardcore por the persons because I think, like, they have a burden that they carry with them that I think not a lot of people understand. And they all, they all just think like he's fucking crazy in his mind or that's something, but people do not understand that man has seen things that other people would kill themselves if they would have seen that shit, you know? Yeah. And then yeah, that's, that's, uh... what, that's why I keep appreciating army guys that are literally coming from a world of fucking hell. Yeah. And then come home and are like depressed and that kind of stuff. When I see like, if I ever have a friend that comes from fucking uh, a war zone and I see him depressed, man, I would give him full attention because I do not want that dude to kill himself because he's seen right. shit that he cannot put away because there's a lot of guys that fucking eat themselves up with seeing shit and they cannot work that out, you know? And the big problem also is, like, I'm really 
seen that in the states now i don't know if it's if it's changed now and i really learned i don't know if you've seen the the episode of seal team no i haven't seen it dude you really gotta watch it it goes from the navy seals but it, it really puts a view on how the american army works you know like mm-hmm. how the whole navy works the marines the the the, the army and yeah. they explain that people when you have like mental problems that came from the war zone fields like you know from from frag grenades and that kind of stuff you get concussion yeah. you know and 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 not a lot of uh marines veterans that came from that world get assistance and help in that kind of way that yeah. is they that's something they really have to add in your country because like here in belgium if you came from a war zone and you seen some shit you legitimately get help from the government to see a psychiatrist that helps you reshape the view that you put in your mind to clear yeah. that out and, and, you know, get further with your life so you can keep moving without living with all those regrets. And I think that's something they really have to add into the the, the States because you see a lot of veterans in the States that are homeless and that kind of stuff, you know. And and yeah. that kind of hurts me, man. It, it, it's some sh- seeing shit like that that hurts me. Like that dude has fought his life for you people, and he's given his fucking respect and his honor to defend you people. And now you leave him on the streets like he's a he's a dirty dog, you know. Yeah. And and that's hard for me to see, man. Like if I see shit like that, think, that really breaks me, you know. I think there's a lot of programs available. I, I it's probably not the best. You know, like the the VA thing, the Veteran Affairs thing yeah. that we deal with. But uh, when I first got out, I went. I had very little experience with it, with going yeah. to like those kind of support programs, which yeah. what with whatever it was, I didn't I didn't like it. Uh, yeah. I don't, you know, and I think a lot of guys are in my my situation where, as far as that kind of stuff goes, like they don't. When you get out of the military, we don't ask for help. Like I I spent my four years in. I had enough of the government. Cannot forget that it's never wrong to ask for help if you need it. And a lot of Marines now in this time ignore that and actually push themselves in a in a worse state than they already are. Oh, sure. And yeah, there's definitely times, you know, somebody needs, you know, and we all do. I'd say as Marine friends under each other, veterans, that you would support each other more if you see somebody that's having it real tough, tougher than you have to really support that dude to say like hey it's not wrong to ask for help we right. are self-efficient but we're still human being you know sure. oh yeah and that's what a lot of guys forget and then get into the worst situations you can possibly yeah. think of sure. and and that's different here in europe is the moment we see something like that with our military people we really push them towards oh, getting oh okay. and and that's you. something we yeah, that's something we really do here. Is like we we want to like the best health for our soldiers because they give the best things to to defend our country. You know, right. they offer our lives. So by offering their lives, we have to support them with the help afterwards that we, what we can give them with. You know, yeah. and and something I think the, the states also have to do a little bit more, man. Like get more focused on those guys that really need the help. To convince them that's it, that it's okay to ask for help when you need the help, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, a tough thing. I mean, you know, well, you did it. You changed. Uh, yeah. You know, there has to be a balance with the system, right? A government assistance kind of, you know, system where provides services. 
and the people that are like, okay, uh, I guess I need help right now, you know, so, and, and everyone is different. Everyone has to go through their own kind of, you know, hit and bottom, I guess. And, uh, yeah, yeah, the bell. and then, Hey, I got to ask for help. You know, when you were talking about your uh, situation with, uh, you know, where you hurt this guy pretty bad. Yeah. You obviously, you know, you felt bad about it. You changed and, uh, you know, and, and now you've made a positive, like you're doing something positive with your life, you know, with airsoft, with all your training videos, you know, you're, you're focused on that and yeah. uh, turn it around and you're helping your fellow airsofters on the field. You know, you're making friends. Course, yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like if, if you're really in a bad situation, but I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of good friends helping me out with a lot yeah. of stuff. Right. You know, it's like I, I had a I had a really bad time and I didn't have a lot of friends because I was pretty much a fucked up person. Yeah. And I'm going to be fully honest, but I was not back in the younger days. I was not an enjoyable person. I was pretty much a fucking dickhead, you know, yeah. like vitamin dickhead. And I've been there, too. <laughs> I, yeah. I had some good fucking friends just just staying with me, you know, just they just saw the good somewhere in me and they never gave up on that, you know, just because they understand from what situation I came from, you know, and, and they just always said to me, like, dude, it's not you. It's your situation that's now taking control of you, but it's not the official you, you know, there is yeah. something better in you. You just don't see it yet. And that's what really opened my eyes is when the, my friends, you know, because I had a really good friend that was actually like more of a second dad for me. Mm. And that's the day that actually really opened my eyes is when he got shot also for by a cocaine user mm. and he got shot just because of the fucking discussion of words and some really bad words came across each other and the other dude went away he came back with a gun he tried to shoot someone else but my best friend like my second daddy threw a bottle at him and that bottle missed him just passed next to his head so he shot him right in the stomach and then he went fall down and then he went straight towards him towards the back of the head and then shot him at the back of the head. Oh shit. And yeah, dude, like I've I've fucking been through some shit, you know. And the moment they called me at that time, like I wouldn't believe it. Like I there was no way because like he was always so protective, so honest, so good to everybody. I was like, I couldn't believe somebody would hurt that guy, like for yeah. real. He was always so nice to everybody. And I just fucking, like, I was a couple of fucking bars farther, you know? Like, he, he was, mm. like, literally at the end of the street, the other bar. And uh, he called me said, like, man, they shot France, man. They shot France. I was like, you're bullshitting, bro. It's not, not like, like, legitimate they shot France. And I hear, like, fucking sirens at the back of the telephone. I was like, fuck. You know, I was like, where are you at? Yeah, we're literally at the other side of the fucking street. So I just ran towards the street. And the moment I came there, man, I see him fucking laying there on the ground with a fucking puddle of blood, you know. And just seeing that just fucked me. <laughs> that broke me so bad in a way, you know. Just thinking about to myself, like, why does the fucking this have to happen to me, you know. Like, the yeah. only person I literally trust and I fucking gave my life to by trusting he would fucking... Put me in the right direction. Because, like, in that time, like, he was putting me in the right direction. I was using a lot of cocaine. So he kind of yeah. got me off the cocaine and put me on the marijuana. Because that, well, I'm pretty much smoking right now. Yeah. So he, he got me on the marijuana. 
And uh, he said, like, just do this, you know. It doesn't fuck up your body as more as, as cocaine does and that kind of stuff, you know. So he right. got me off that shit. So he pretty much saved my life, so to say. Yeah. So if, if he didn't do that, I would be pretty much a junkie. Now, you never know, you know. Yeah. And he pretty much saved my life. So I respected that man with my full life. Like, I would have literally gave my life to fucking save that man's life, you know. And it just, at that moment, it broke me so bad, man. I just fucking haunted that dude for three days like i didn't sleep for fucking three days i didn't eat for three days yeah just fucking went walking around the whole fucking city trying to find that dude for three days long two nights three days i've been trying to looking for that dude i didn't want to sleep i just want to have him in my hands so i can kill him with my own fucking bare hands you know and yeah man just and at that moment when when that happened and i lost pretty much the onlyest man i pretty much trust the most in my life that's where I had something like, oh my, Sam, you're pretty much now all by your fucking self, and now you have yeah. to fucking figure some shit out, or it's going to go really bad with you, you know? And that's when I tried slowly figuring out what I needed to do, what I liked the most in my life, you know, what I appreciated about life. And I started to look up more towards that kind of stuff, you know, start reading some books about mental health, you know, how to talk to other human beings, you know, okay. uh, mental, physical shit and that kind of stuff uh business stuff you know like business books so i tried to read some more into that and just the more i read it those books on on how people actually because like a lot of those books you read from other people they also had a rough life and they actually also reprogrammed their life into a better life and by reading those books a lot of like lights got popping into my head and that's when i said like to myself like i'm just gonna keep the people that are most important to me and i'm just gonna keep them in a tight bowl you know just a hand circle full and keep them in a tight bowl and i'm just gonna focus around that and that's what i've been doing now for the last eight years now and since those last eight years i've been just been growing and growing and growing man it's like uh everything's been going good now so uh i learned a lot from my mistakes that i made and i'm pretty much happy man that i that i actually Got onto the rife path, so to say. Yeah, it sounds like you are, uh, you know, being grateful and being thankful for some of the things in your life. Yes, hundred percent. Really helped. Really yeah. helped. Yeah, and that's that's really what helped me as well. Uh, when I started reading those same kind of books and listening to, you know, some of these guys like Tony Robbins, uh, I started listening to him when he, you know, back in the nineties uh, when I first got out of the military. Having a purpose in life and being grateful. And thankful yeah. for, you know, the good things in life. Because I, I can be kind of a serious person. Like my normal personality, I'm more ser- on the serious side. And yeah. and kind of critical. So I look at the negative stuff. And yeah. I had to learn, like, hey, uh, you know, life is not all negative. There's not always bad people. There's not always bad situations. You know, we can kind of help uh, by being, you know, having a purpose and uh, being grateful and thankful, we can help that our environment around us, we kind of attract different people and hang out with better yeah, people. Definitely. And then when you put your time into someone else, now we had kids, so I put my time into my kids and my wife. So it was, uh, that was my focus at the time, you know, luckily it turned out good. <laughs> None of my kids <laughs> are too fucked up, but uh, the, uh, yeah, that was, that. it's a huge deal, man. So many people, uh, don't understand how powerful being thankful for things in your life 
really is. It's very that's, important. That's that's the thing that I still want to say to you and to all the people that are going to watch this afterwards is like, I think you becoming a grown up is actually learning to accept to see the small positive things from the bad things that you have through the day, yeah. you know, just learning to accept those small things. Like if you're having a bad day at work, just accepting that after work, you're going to sit at your home, having a nice meal, having some rest, and then waking back up the next day. If God allows you to wake up the next day, because that's what people don't really realize is like the tomorrow could be the last day you wake up. It's, or not, it's you, not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. So I always say you have to live the life like there is no tomorrow, you yeah. know? And then that's what I try to see more in my head that I said to myself, like, man, you don't realize if you're going to be there tomorrow or not, if God decides or whatever, who it is that's up there controlling this world. If right. he decides to say, like, I'm going to take your life the next morning and he does that and you don't wake up anymore, yeah, you don't wake up anymore. There is no decision to say, like, I'm going to wake up after he says I'm going to die. There is no way, you know. So I always say, like, you got to live your life like there is no tomorrow. Like, yeah. if you realize that in your mind that there could be no tomorrow, then I think every day you wake up is a blessing that you can live one more day for the rest of your life, then you have to realize that the next morning you're not going to wake up and you had a life of shit behind you, you know, because right. as long as you wake up, you get a new chance to rebuild yourself into something better that you think you already are. Right. And that's, I think that most people have to think about, man, these times it's just appreciate the little things and just think about what you're really good at. It's also what I did. Like, like I had so many things like that I'm not good at, like, like math and that kind of stuff. So you never would see me do things behind a computer with codings and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and that's when I realized, like, I'm good with guns. I can shoot fast. I can reload. Right. So I'm going to do something with guns, you know. And I think uh, more people have to think more perspectively in that way like what am i really good at what do i like to do you know and i think people just have to follow what they love same with parenting man like if i have ever if i have children in my life i would never tell my kids what they need to do i would like love to like experience what they want to do like if they right. want to do that one week and then the other thing the other week i'll just let them do it and i will support right. them 100 you know and i will like teach them like if they do something wrong that it's okay to do something wrong you know because that's where you learn from that's how and you then learn just, yeah you know just just show them the way that it's fine to experience different things even if you fail it's not really a failure because in that period of yeah. time you learn some things that you didn't know about so it's not actually failing because you still learn some stuff you know oh yeah that, that's yeah failing is is how you learn like uh quitting is the bad thing uh failing is important in the learning process and as exactly. uh, parents you know you hopefully like my i mean we're not the best parents in the world but uh you know our goal was always to have our kids have a very broad experience like try a bunch of different things like you know, you know, you, you don't know what you like, like, Oh, what, what is your favorite? This, you know, people ask that all the time. You're like, uh, 
I don't know, but I know what I don't like, right? We're, we're wired that way. Our brains are wired to know kind of like, okay, I stay away from this, stay away from that. I, I like these things, but I don't have one single thing that's like the best ever, you know, but you got to have your kids try all this different stuff. Like try green beans. I don't like green beans. Well, you didn't try them, try them. You know, oh, okay, yeah. I don't like them. Okay, well, don't try them again. Okay, yeah. And I think that's the same with growing up. I think we as as grown-up people forget about how living actually is because, like, when you're a kid, you don't really think about what you're doing the next day. You're just living your life and just learning through the process, you know? Right. And I think by getting older every day, like <laughs> we are getting older every day, is Damn it! That we forget to actually accept the learning progress of life. Yeah. We as grown-ups are more focused at the negative things that happen into our day than we are focused what we actually learn through the day. Sure. As we we actually like what I'm saying is we grown-ups have to be more like kids through the day. You know, yeah. just make the best of it what you can through the day just by laughing, you know, even if you have to do something stupid to make yourself laugh and then do that stupid thing to make your laugh again, you know? And I think that's something that, that, that we grownups really forget, you know, and that's what I like to see in the airsoft community because when we all come together at one big fucking field, we're all just a bunch of big baby kids with guns, you know, <laughs> that's, that's how it is. That's oh, yeah. just how it is, you know? You're We're like, big man, look at all this badass fucking yeah, badass yeah. military gear I got on. And then you go out and like, beep, 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 yeah, beep. You know, <laughs> they're just like big kids oh, yeah. with guns, man. Like, yeah. like that's, that's the thing, you know. And, and I think that's what we need to look at more as a human being, as as the human world, is, is that we lead to accept more of the day that we actually – do and, and need to appreciate the small things that we do from that day. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, man. I just, I just have it so many, like I met a lot of people. I had a lot of friends like always coming to visit and talk always about the negative stuff, you know? And right. then I'm always, yeah, but what did you do fun through the day? You know, right. like what did you do exciting, <laughs> exciting stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then you just, you know, and then just talking about that stuff with those people puts them back in that positive vibe because, you know, because you brighten their mind again. And that's what I'm all about. I'm all about, like, be happy, man. Just even when you get a worse day, think about the small, happy, fucking stupid shit that you've seen through the day. Just think about it this way. If you're having a bad day and you recognize the dude maybe on a bicycle that was pushing through the wind, making a funny face, just think about that funny face, and it makes your whole day again, you know? Because, oh, yeah. like, you said you had a bad day, but this man is fucking with a bicycle through the wind with maybe yeah. 150 miles per hour in his face <laughs> going like, ah, you know? And you say you have a bad day? Like, come on, you know? Oh, yeah. I think more people have to think in that way because that keeps you more in a positive direction, you sure. know? If you think about like uh, how many more people are actually having it worse than you do. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, yeah, but my life is like this and like that. And I'm like, like, dude, there are children in Africa that make yeah. their own toys from garbage and they play around with it like the happiest thing like they ever the, open. Yeah, it's life. the best. You yeah. Know? And it's the best thing. And you're, you have a roof above your head, money to buy expensive toys, and you're complaining. Like I read this book uh, years ago uh, when I was reading a lot of – I've read 
couple hundred books in the mm-hmm. last 10, you know, 15 years about like self-help, I guess they're considered self-help and then, you know, business books, whatever, you know, some of them, you know, a lot of people have heard of, but uh, there's one, and there's a handful of them that really stood out, but one of them is just about that, where uh, yeah. it was written by Marcy Shimoff. It's called uh, Happy for No Reason. And uh, yeah. she talked about, she traveled the world. She was really interested in finding out what made people happy, you know, because like you all have that saying that, you know, money doesn't bring happiness, whatever. And, uh, you know, and all these kind of sayings, you know, when we were growing up and she was like, well, what does make people happy then? So she went to India, she went to Tibet, she went to all these different countries to find out and, and studied all these different like cultures and societies. Yeah. What was the one thing that made people happy? You know, and there's, it's not one thing, you know, it's like, a, it, but it kind of breaks down to our attitudes. Like how grateful are you for your specific situation? You know, the good yeah. things in your life and how you can make that a positive because you can't choose your parents. You can't choose where you're born. You can't choose what you're born into. Uh, you know, hopefully you're in a position where you can, if it's really bad, that you can get yourself out of that uh, and not let your past dictate your future, you know, with uh, with the negative shit. But, you know, it's a, it's a really fascinating book uh, talking about um, being grateful for the little things and, you know, how to be happy where uh, on the basics of life. And that's why when you were talking early on, you know, telling your story about kind of what you were involved in and stuff, and now you're not, and you, you know, you feel a lot better about yourself. You're on a, you know, you have a, uh, a purpose that you're excited about. You have a passion that you're excited about with this airsoft stuff. And, you know, you, your yep. videos you're doing are, are very helpful. And um, <clears throat> I'm proud of you, Thank man. You. That, that's really Thank cool. You. Yeah. That really smile on my face, man. That's that's what I'm doing it for, you know? Yep. Because I, I, I had a couple of guys. Yeah, because I have, like, one girl out of Mexico, and she's, like, like my number top one fan. She loves my posts. She always reposts. She always says good morning, that kind of stuff. You know, and I'm all for the culture. Same like Demo from SYG. He also does it for the culture, man. Like, he's pretty right. much, like, one of the guys I look up to because, like, he does it all for the culture. You know, he wants the new kids to get in there. He wants more of the community of the people to understand Airsoft, you know. Now he wants – I think he's somewhere he's trying to get now something together that has to do with gaming and it's like uh, airsoft gamers, so gamers that airsoft in their in their in their right. free time. So they want he wants to start a competition of gamers actually first starting to battle on each other on on the console, oh, so yeah. on 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 PC, you know, like battle it out, and then like the finals they have to like battle it out in the airsoft field, you know. And like the oh, thing he cool. has been trying to create is so fucking good for the airsoft culture to like make it bigger, you know. Yeah. And I really appreciate also what he's doing, man. Like big shout out to SYG uh, Demo, man. He's like he's like really doing the good stuff out there, you know. And then those kind of people inspire me to to uh, teach them the the things that I know about airsoft that I can freely give away. Because there's not a lot of good guys that do that out there because, like, they're, they want to keep their skills and their ego for themselves, you know? Yeah. But I, everybody who comes to the Airsoft, I want them to have fun, you know? Right. And, and 
And that's why I'm always trying now to teach the people the basic skills you can teach yourself at home and try and practice them for if you go and play to a field, you can try and add those tactics and see if they really work and make a difference in your airsoft gameplay. So, yeah, I just I just love doing this. I always keep good comments coming. So uh, I'm just going to keep doing this, man. I just love doing this. So uh, I'm, I'm And right. I also been thinking about because I have some couple of good friends like uh, they do also business world. And uh, one of my friends doing now uh, selling pure ice, uh, like uh, papers and tips for wheat and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and he has a brother that actually does video shooting for video edits for rappers and that kind of stuff. And he's really good with cameras. Okay. And uh, he also told me like, yeah, we want to help you out, you know. So I've been thinking about also starting my YouTube channel, but like pure with shooting tips, reloading tips, you know, moving right. drills, that kind of stuff. And that's what I kind of get into because, like, I made a video earlier also somewhere on my Instagram that has, like, a small YouTube video, small parts that I'm shooting one of my, uh, I guess, blowback rifles. And I also posted in there, like, how many of you people would like it that I would make a YouTube channel? And I had a couple of guys, man, like, saying, like, that would be awesome. I want to see you, you know. So I've been thinking about doing a YouTube channel, but it is a lot of work, though, because you have to go to a lot of fields, shoot a lot of video clips, you know, do a lot of editing. So that kind of stuff. And I also been trying to work my own designs, you know, because uh, my Instagram name is Baba Tactics. And as you know, Baba Yega is the witch, you know, the, right. the witch, witch, the kidnapper, so to say. Yep. And I've been trying to make my own designs for uh, the Baba Yega logos for Baba Tactics. Yeah. So I have some, like, he also works with Project Manticore, one of my friends, and now we do the Project Manticore AU. But the guy from Project Manticore is actually from the States. He makes awesome patches. And uh, I made uh, a nice offer with him to create my own custom patches. And uh, my first design is being drawn this weekend. So his designer is okay. working on it right now this weekend. Nice. So when it's done, he's going to text me, and then when it's finished, and if it's okay, then I'm going to pay him, and I'm going to print some patches from Baba Tactics, and they're going to some patches. I'm uh, going to print about 100 patches, I think, and they're going to be like shared like 50-50, and they're probably going to be like a, a, a Baba Yega in with a ghillie suit with a Mark 18, leaning on a Mark 18, and it's actually going to be the Baba first Baba Tactics, the ghillie mission patch. And... Uh, it's actually in two colors, so one's going to come in black with green, with a green ghillie suit, and the other one's going to come black with a with a brown ghillie suit. So you have the two choices if you want to buy the, the green one. That sounds or, cool. So, yeah, when they come out, I will uh, for sure post it on my Instagram. If you're yeah. interested in one, well, you can buy one. Well, I would say uh, we'll, uh, we should do another one, you know, another of these podcasts, like in, uh, you know, a few weeks or yeah, uh, man, after, sure. you know, you get – you know, that, that figured out. In fact, um, I was going to say, you know, if you didn't have somebody, you know, working on your logo, whatever design, one of the guys I just talked to, that's yeah. what he does. He helps people, uh, come up with logos and stuff. So you'll have to, you know, you'll see him on our, well, he's actually on our discord as well. Um, yeah. admin, uh, admin airsoft is what it is. And, uh, so yeah, he, he actually, he's a graphic designer. And uh, he helps people come up with logos and designs and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, man, after you get that kind of stuff set up, we'll uh, we'll have to do another one so you can show off your patch. Yeah, man, for real, man, for real. That'd be cool. We'll do, 
Because that's the thing, like, I want to start with my patches, and actually, towards the future, I want to, like, make the brand bigger, of course, Baba Tactics. Right. So, I'm starting to make those designs and patches first, but when these designs are made, I also get to print. They're officially my designs then, and I'm going to keep these designs for uh, further in the future. Like, if these patches would sell good... Um, I'm having the idea to make my own like t-shirt and shirt brand and like hoodies and that kind of stuff with the Baba Tected logos and shit printed onto the shirts and hoodies and that kind of stuff. So I got big plans up for in the future. Like I got good things going on up in here, trying to figure it out with all the people that I know right now. Yeah. So, but that's the thing that I still want to do. Like, like, because here in Belgium, starting a business here is like way more expensive than you would start it in the States. Okay. Like the guys I talked to with the that are doing my patches, they said like you can easily start a business in the states for two hundred dollars, and I was like, really, man? He was like, yeah, I'm not joking. You can literally start yeah. a business for two hundred dollars. I said like, if you want to start a business in Europe, Belgium, you have to pay between five thousand and ten thousand euros, and you have Bro. to pay. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not shitting to to start an online business. You have to start between the 5,000 and the 10,000 euros. Plus, even the first month you make money, you already have to pay taxes. Yeah. In yeah, the that's, state. That's not, that's not how we work. <laughs> no, no, dude. Like, that's uh -uh. what I hate about Belgium. That's why I kind of want to move out of here and move towards the States. You know yeah. why? <laughs> yeah, dude. So, you know, so that's why I'm trying to make my connections as as more as possible in towards to the state so I can have, when I make the decision, like, I'm just going to move out and I'm just going to go towards the states right. and try and get myself settled there because my English is pretty good. I just have to, like, go to a school to learn all the all the cultures, all the rules, all the presidents yeah. and all that kind of stuff because I know you have to do that when you move into the states. You have to take an exam. Because uh, you got two years, I think you have to like live in the states, do exam schoolings, and then after the two years, you have to do an exam to be like a legitimate, uh, little like living being in the states. You know, like uh, yeah, you get your, your official papers to live in the yeah. states. Yeah, and that's the thing I kind of want to work towards. So, because I, good. I just, yeah, man, just I just love the states. It's something like that country is for me just my dream dream country man like for real i'm so glad like, yeah it's like we'd say man like if i'm here in europe and trying to bond with people from my own country is so fucking difficult here because people here are so selfish from time to time and so frustrating yeah and when i talk with people from the states you people are like all so open towards new things and ideas and and it's just the whole different fucking mindset, man. It's That's just really good the, to hear. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I, there's a lot of people that talk negative about states, and there are a lot of negative things oh, about sure. states. Yeah. That's every country. In every country, you have positive and negative things, you know. And uh, you just have to learn to deal with it, you know. If you're trying to be a businessman, I think the best fucking place you can be is be in the States, man. You know, because I, I learned from those guys from Project Manicore. They told me, like, you only have to pay taxes when you make a lot of money here. I was like, are you for real? Like, yeah, if you <laughs> really make a lot of money, then you have to pay taxes. He said, I'm like, 
what the fuck am I still doing in Belgium? You know, <laughs> I was like, God damn, you know? Yeah. If you own your own business, you, uh, we call them write offs. So you can write things yeah. off. So if, uh, you know, if, if like my computer, this room, like the way our yeah. tax thing works, uh, I can take out, you know, all this, how the, how much this is worth out of my income so that I don't have to pay taxes on it because it helped, you know, run this business or whatever. And your yeah. car, that kind of thing, you know, a bunch of different things. But, yeah. uh, yeah, you have the opportunity to, to kind of, yeah, you know, and that, that's, uh, yeah, it's set up to, to help a business get off, you know, get on its feet when it's starting out. So, uh, to be successful. So that's a good thing. But, uh, man, listen, it has been uh, really good to meet you and awesome to talk yeah. with you. I'm really glad we got to talk. For real, yep. Me too, man. It was very fun. I had a great night for me tonight. Yeah, so. Right. Hope we get to meet the next time since uh, I got some more news about my patches and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, man. We will talk again. Thank you so much, man. Where can people find you on uh, Instagram? Uh, They can find me on Instagram on Sam underscore Sagers or Baba underscore Tactics. Awesome. All All right, right, brother. Have a good night. Peace out.